Blog Talk Radio. show and Eastern Airlines radio show are on the air live again with another episode of Airline Talk, News, and History. We call it the Airline Radio Hour, bringing you stories from here and there, one airline to another with live conversation. Hello, my name is Neil Holland, retired captain with Eastern Airlines and producer of the show. And if you're listening in on the show's website, which is blogtalkradio.com forward slash Captain Eddie, and you would like to call in and talk with our guest, our host, or just to add your memories and comments, then why not pick up the phone and call us at 213-816-1611. I'll see your number on on my caller's board and ask if you'd like to join the host and share those memories with us about your airline or about anything in the airline industry uh, you want to talk about. Uh, we'll, we'll listen and probably make some comments. Keep it clean, folks. 
You know, we are a satellite-based radio station, and we're heard around the world. As a matter of fact, we have listeners in over 50 countries now. And we like to talk about our broadcasting antenna and little bragging rights about how high up it is. And you can't see it uh, over the trees because it's 22,000 miles above the earth. That's way over the trees. Now, let me repeat that number again so you can jot it down and call us. Uh, anytime you feel you want to uh, chat with us and uh, give us uh, your comments, it's area code 213-816-1611. 213-816-1611. Why don't you call us now? I see we got uh, some hosts on the on the producers board right now, so I'm gonna open, open their microphones and find out who we got here. Uh, looks like uh, Captain Jim Holder in uh, Georgia, area code 770. Captain Holder, how you doing today? What's happening in your backyard? Oh, it's a funny thing. Yeah, what's happening in my backyard? My son is here, and we've been filling in potholes in the backyard that have formed <laughs> over the years. And just about right now, we're tired. Uh, but we got all those potholes filled now. When I cut the grass, my rear tire doesn't fall down in there and almost make me fall off the moor. And that's my story. Well, not quite the time for that happy hour, but uh, I know cool oh, lemonade it's or ice tea It's on the way. Well. It's on the way. <laughs> <laughs> Maker's Mark, more, more, more yeah, likely. There you go, Maker's Mark. Yeah, Maker's Mark. <laughs> well, I know we got the teetotaler out there in Texas, in Dripping Springs, Texas. Wonder what comes out of that spring. Wonder what it drips: bourbon or scotch or gin. What, what what's dripping out there in Texas, uh, Jim Harris, Captain Jim Harris? It's just it's just plain old water. <laughs> we really do have a dripping spring. Uh, way back when, when the pioneers was going west, uh-huh. uh, when they they'd come through here, they'd uh, take on provisions and rest and take on water, and it came the dripping spring. So we really do have one. It. Uh, it's a great little place to live. I'm about uh, about 15 miles due west of Austin, Texas. Not far enough, but it's still 15 miles. <laughs> and it's a it's it's a great place to live. We um we had a, a bit I had a front had a lot of I didn't hear personally, but north of us had quite a bit of hail. Some of it's pretty big. Yeah. But I didn't have anything here just a lot of wind and rain. I got a half inch of rain. Yeah, and uh, a cold front came through and cleared all the crud out. So it's a, right now it's a pleasant 66 degrees, a little bit cool actually. If you out, I've always got a wind blowing. It's probably blowing 15 to 20 miles an hour right now, but it's uh, it's okay. I'm not complaining. Well, I got a clear blue sky, so that's nice. Well, yeah, uh, I've. Sorry to hear. I, I, as a matter of fact, I heard that uh, some of the parts of Texas really got some severe uh, hail and thunderstorms. And and um, but it seems like y- your state generates all of our weather here in the southeast section, Georgia and Florida. It seems like everything comes from Texas. <laughs> yeah, it. Um, yeah, they had some golf ball. I'm sorry, some baseball size. Hail in wow. some places north of here. Wow, wow, that's dangerous. That's a, yeah, that's enough to put a dent in a car or an airplane wing. Oh, yeah, it surely is. Yeah. When when I first moved here in '97, I had a '91 RS Camaro, 
And we had a front come through like that, and it beat the heck out of my car. Many did. Yeah. Wow. The insurance yeah. Anyway, I got it repaired. They did. Yeah, okay. Yeah, good, good. It was at least Very as good, good afterwards. I got a good body shop. They're dripping paint and body. And uh, they did a fantastic job, and it was all over Dutch. Probably at least as good as due. That's great. That's good. They can do a lot with body work now. You know, I see them oh, yeah. uh, with these suction cups, and uh, they pull those dents right out of there. Yep. I've also, I never have tried it. I've heard you got a dent like that. You can put some uh, dry ice on it and pull it out. I don't know if that works or not. Wow. We used to call it Bondo. Remember that Bondo material? Oh, yeah. We used to fill it in yeah. and buff it out. Hey, it, Bondo. It's, still, it's still around. Yeah. Of course, on airplanes, speed tape works real good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does, don't it? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I've seen really a little bit of that. We, yeah, we really don't have a program because I kind of keep this open format, so we're going to talk about a bunch of things today. But first of all, I want to tell you, a little, uh, remind folks again that we do have a broadcast every Monday, and we feature some great stories and stories of, by Captain Jim Holder here. We've done few of his stories, especially that gooseneck oil filter story. Golly, I don't know how many times we've done that on on the radio show <laughs> over the last 12 years, but it always is good when you hear it again. So uh, <clears throat> we like to air some of these, and uh, it's uh, mostly Eastern Airlines, well, almost entirely Eastern Airlines uh, uh, stories by people that uh, have written articles and uh, we can locate them in uh, publications like uh, the Repartee Magazine of the Retired Eastern Pilots Association and the Silver Lighters Magazine and Wings of Many, Wings of Man, and uh, News News uh, News Wings. That was the early, early publication of uh, uh, Pitcairn Aviation, and then it became Eastern Air Transport. So we pick a lot of stories out way back in the 20s and the early 30s <clears throat> and tell them. They're short, usually about five, no, no, not much longer than 10 minutes anyhow. And uh, they're very interesting, and you can tune us in at 8 o'clock uh, Monday night, listen to it on your computer, or you can call in on your smartphone and listen to it there, but you can't talk because this is what we call a, a podcast. It's pre-recorded, and uh, <clears throat> usually it's about an hour, and between each one of the stories, we try to put an Eastern commercial in there, ones that we haven't heard in years and years, and um, it kind of breaks up the monotony of uh, the two speakers right now. We're trying to we're trying to recruit Jim Harris. He, I think he wants to do it. And Jim Holder, uh, I'd love for you to be able to tell your own stories. What about that? You got oh. to learn how to do I, it, Jim Holder. Yeah, I got to. Well, I mess them up every now and then. But I don't <laughs> I, I don't want to be – everybody think they're true, you know. I, I got to let them know that they're just got a little bit of extra stuff in there. You've taken truism and what we call embellished it a little bit. Yes, right, right. I got yep. about two yep, or three yep. stories that didn't need embellishing, and I've told them down at deer camp about three times every year. Yeah. And, uh, they all they they agree that they're true as could be, and uh, but that's hunting and fishing stuff from the Eastern Pilot yeah. Hunt Club. 
you know. Yeah. Well, uh, I want to talk a little bit about uh, what happened back about probably 20 years ago. Doesn't seem that long, but back around 2003, we had a convention. As I recall, I think it was in Washington, D.C., the REPA convention. And um, if you have anything handy, you want to look it up for me, uh, Jim Holder, a book or whatever. But uh, it was the time that Gene Casadabon, Captain Gene Casadabon from Louisiana, and uh, the C- Ragin Cajun, as he was called by some mm-hmm. Eastern pilots. And uh, every time he, uh, we had a board of directors meeting when he was the president and on the director, we always listened to his Cajun jokes, as you recall. Mm-hmm. Very yeah. good. But mm-hmm. he came up with a great idea, and it's 20 years old now. And um, I'm proud to say that uh, it's still there, and it'll be there long after uh, the last Eastern employee uh, has passed. Uh, because it, it it will be in per, pep, I can't pronounce this word, but I'm gonna try it. Perpetuity, yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. It will never end. Because what we did is uh, after Gene uh, thought of the idea and and actually did the initial funding from a church fund that was turned over to Gene. And Gene thought no better way to use that $25,000 than to start a pilot's uh, uh, scholarship program in the name of the Eastern Pilots. And so uh, there were two of us that were uh, to go out and find the best institution to place that money and, and do the scholarship programs with. And we looked pretty much just at one. Uh, we, we talked about a couple of others, but we we actually went to Auburn University, and that was uh, Hal Nord, Captain Hal Nord, and myself uh, drove over to um, Auburn University and talked to the uh, the uh, people that were in charge of the uh, endowment funds for scholarship programs. Uh, big. Fortune 500 companies and Coca-Cola and Delta Airlines and all these big companies were uh, had scholarship programs and and so we talked and they gave us a tour and and we were convinced uh, when we finished uh, with them listening to them that that's where we would put the money so we opened and uh, we gave them the $25,000 and they placed it in the general fund meaning that Delta Coca-Cola and all the big companies and and in our little fund, we're all put in a big pot, earning X amount of dollars according to the market. Whatever the market was producing, that's what it was earning. And out of that, we gave two, con- uh, two scholarships a year, or we have given two scholarships a year for the past 20 years. And it will continue to fund two scholarships for as long as Auburn's there, I guess. But that fund has now grown to about $138,000. Even having given all of these scholarship funds to two students every year, that $25,000 has grown to $138,000. So um, it's doing well. Uh, I've thought and haven't talked to Jim about it and haven't talked to the folks at Auburn because there's a special 
committee over there that looks at uh, investments and uh, it's made money over the years plus we've had Eastern people that had contributed every year uh, to the Eastern uh, pilots scholarship program so it's a wonderful wonderful program and Jim I'll see if I can remember to send you the last uh, uh, e email from Auburn uh, telling us how the fund is done, how it has done, mm -hmm. and uh, and uh, I think we ought to be very proud of the fact that uh, Gene Casadabon, he mm -hmm. passed away, I guess, what, five years ago, six years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm glad that he actually thought of that because it's a great, great uh, program that we've got going and it'll go forever so keeping the name of Eastern forever in the minds of uh, folks that earn that scholarship every every year to folks and usually uh, it's awarded by the way every April to two folks that have aviation uh, as a career whether it's aviation management aerospace technology engineering or either the flight program the commercial flight program so that's about all I have to say about the Eastern Airlines Scholarship Fund, Pilot Scholarship Fund. And um, I'm real, real proud that uh, it's there and it's doing so well. Any comments, Jim Holder? Jim Harris? Uh, no. Nope. Yes, uh, I believe I've talked, I've talked, reported this uh, before, that Silver Falcons had the last two conventions in Auburn. And the, the first of those two, the last one was a sunset. Uh, that was the end of the show. But the other one, we were there, and they gave us a tour of the aviation facilities there at Auburn, and it was really something. They got a real good program going. Yeah. And uh, I think I may have mentioned this, what happened before, but we were given a uh, walking tour of uh, the facility down there, they had students, you know, look, you know, flying simulators and in classrooms and all that. And the guy that was doing it uh, was very proud of what they had, and he kept talking about how Delta Airlines had really done this and done that and done that. And there was about 30 or 40 of us walking around, and, and it mm. was Delta this and Delta wow. that. And finally, and you know, I'm just one of the guys in the tour, and I said, well, you know, I want to make a, re a response to this, but I believe that uh, Eastern Airlines has a, a program going here. And I said, I, th I told him I thought it was over $100,000. And he looked at me and he said, oh, boy, this light came on his eyes. And he was so excited. he could He's talking to the Eastern people <laughs> uh, that have made these contributions over the years, over yeah. the years. And uh, and we all felt good about that. We didn't have to hear about Delta for, for about 30 minutes. <laughs> didn't have to hear about what we did. <laughs> Already yeah. heard too much about Delta. Yeah, there, there you go. <laughs> uh, but, you know, thinking about that, Jim Harris, we had a good time with Delta when we were flying, when Eastern was alive. And, oh, I you know, know it. The competition know. Right. was there. And uh, we would do everything in the world to delay their flights. And I told you a story uh, before we went on air <laughs> yesterday about how yep. Bill went. Bill went, and I came from 1011 uh, from L.A. to Atlanta. And we had to go through a line of thunderstorms, and Della was right behind us. And, uh, and they asked pretty much the center what uh, kind of pilot reports going through that line. 
and Bill Wynn took the phone and he said, well, we're just about ready to cross it right now. On the other side, we'll let you know, Delta. And we got on the other side a few minutes. Of course, we had already cleared the tops of the thunderstorms. And he came back and says, uh, well, it was pretty rough there for a while. And he says, it's, 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 it's pretty, pretty severe weather. And we were in the clear all the way across the top of it. Delta, I think, went up to Canada and came back around to Atlanta. <laughs> but it was yeah, things like that we had fun doing. Yeah. And I'm sure Delta tried their best to get even with us, too. So, yeah. I remember Bill uh, Wynn. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I do also. I, yeah. So, anyhow, those were some of the fun days that we had. And, uh um, you know, I, that, that's a scholarship program, but the other thing that was on my mind, and I don't know how you guys feel about it, but um, I, take, I took that seniority list that was given to us, and I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, Jim Holder, it was called a Section 28. And every time we that's had a, a, Section 20, a Section 28 bid, it would affect That's what it the, was, yes, Section 28. Yeah, and we got the bid sheet of everybody's seniority. Isn't that right? Mm-hmm, yeah. And yeah, the, first yep. thing the bid award, of course, the bid award. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and then the first thing we did was to kind of look and see what kind of number we had, and I can remember my number almost when I was hired, and I don't know if you guys can remember your seniority number when you were hired, but mine was like well, twenty six hundred or somewhere around there in the two thousands. It was in, I think you you were senior to me and mine yeah. was like twenty two, twenty three, I think. Yeah, yeah. It was somewhere around in the early two thousands. How about you, Jim? Mm-hmm. About the same Yeah. Uh yeah. Jim Harris doesn't remember at all. I don't remember what number it was. Yeah. <laughs> well anyhow, we we kinda checked that seniority list to see who uh, had to take a medical leave or who passed away and whatever and how many numbers we moved up and how many came ahead of us and moved down and where we wanted to go to fly the bigger airplanes and all that because that seniority list pretty much dictated our position with Eastern Airlines. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, one year I was number 1,000. And I, now how many people can say they were number 1,000? But I was. And on all my bid awards, and, you know, you got to put your name, your senior number down, and I put a 1K, 1K. I even <laughs> thought about getting a tag and putting on the front of my car. <laughs> 1K. I was number 1,000 on the list. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyhow. It, I, was, uh, I was big stuff. Yeah. And, you know, when when someone, and you're flying a trip and someone uh, mentioned so-and-so passed away, did you hear so-and-so passed away? <laughs> you almost yeah. immediately grabbed in your flight well, back to the seniority list find <laughs> <laughs> out whether that person was senior yeah. to you or not. <laughs> I think that happened at every airline. <laughs> yeah. But I think that's the only way it could work with the airlines and um, uh, is the seniority and uh, it, it, we hated those mergers because we knew some of those guys were coming on top of us. And um, but anyhow, yeah, that, that was worked my out thoughts. that way every time. Yeah, thoughts about the seniority list. And uh, mm-hmm. then the other thing that came to my mind was my favorite layover city, cities. 
Where did I like to bid trips to because I enjoyed laying over in that city? Have you guys thought about yeah. what your favorites were? I always know that. Yeah. What yeah. is it, well, Jim like Harris? Uh, Jim I always Harris. enjoyed Reno. I always enjoyed Reno. Reno, yeah. Reno. Reno was good. Uh, Seattle was good. Portland. Yeah. And the case of L.A. Yeah. Yeah, L.A., yeah. Well, Jim, you know, we, you and I flew together, and we enjoyed New Orleans. We, oh, we really liked New Orleans. <laughs> Boy, did we, we fought the Battle of New Orleans more than one That's time. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Jim flew together, I think, one whole summer, and we laid over in New Orleans. So, yeah, You know, I, I really yeah. like to lay over in L.A. because if you flew the early trip and you got out there about noon, they had a horse race every, if you were on a weekend. And they had horse races, and they'd give you a ride over the track, and the girls would go, and we'd go over there, and we'd watch it. And they were big-time horse races, too. I really oh, yeah, I've done that. that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've done that. Well, speaking of L.A., Jim, I used to go out there. I enjoyed going out to L.A. because I had a business that I operated from Los Angeles, and I had my son out there running the business. And But before mm-hmm. that, when they were kids, they always used to like to fly a trip out there with me. And when we had that layover, and we had a pretty good layover. We got in the afternoon early enough that you could mm-hmm. go out. And the next morning, we didn't have to go out into the afternoon, but we would rent a bicycle That's right. real close to the mm-hmm. Marriott there Over at the on, airport. Yeah, on, the, and, on the beach. Yeah, and we'd pedal around and go out to Santa mm-hmm. Monica Pier and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that mm-hmm. was a lot of fun. Yeah, but, uh, it was. I also enjoyed New York. Oh, I really uh, yeah, enjoyed yeah. a New York layover. Uh, I like it when we left. <laughs> 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 hey, <laughs> when you got out of radio range, is just about right. <laughs> yeah, I, I left so you. You got to remember a lot of the New York layovers. You went into Newark and went out of LaGuardia, and you had to go downtown in Manhattan, and, yeah. uh, and that the, was a chore, boy. You. That was a chore. Yeah, yeah. You had to catch the true tra- Q train, and let's see the Q bus and. The Q train 107, 107 yeah. the Q, I don't remember what it was. but Out of Newark, I, yeah. At the 110, yeah. I think it was the 110 that went into Manhattan from Newark. Yeah. The bus. Yeah, yeah. the Q train and, and the 107. I, uh, maybe yeah. I was going the other way. But, yeah, yeah that's, I was glad when I got enough seniority, I didn't have to do that. I, I did not I, like New York. I, I was flying my first trip out there in the Electra as an engineer, and uh, being the third man in the airplane, it's my one of my early uh, layovers in New York City. With uh, and I was flying with Larkin Roberts. You remember Larkin? Oh yeah. Oh, oh yes. 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 Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, and Larkin, uh, we got up uh, off the bus and we started uh, we started down the street toward the Manhattan Hotel where we had the layover. And I was dodging all these people. And uh, Larkin dropped back and, and said, uh, Holland, he says, when you're in New York, you you walk and, and you watch me. And I had a, a, my flight bag in one hand and my suitcase in the other. And he, all of us had that. We That was before the little, the, the little uh, hand carts that we put everything on there, including yeah. the kitchen sink. But we carried everything. Yeah. And, I, and we, that's what made our arms longer. 
and uh, mm-hmm. and and he started throwing those arms left and right, and boy, the people just moved left and right. He just walked a straight <laughs> course, not not dodging anybody. They were dodging him. And so I learned how to walk in New York City. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, I just wanted was, to survive every layover. Yeah, oh Larkin, he he was he was something else. He uh, was. Now here's another one. What was the most fun airports that you enjoyed taking off and landing at? Reno. Reno. Okay, Reno. That was a new one. I like that too. Yeah. Now, fun. Now, I say uh, fun airport. Uh, let me see. What uh, Albuquerque was interesting also. Yeah. Albuquerque because of the mountains. That's right. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you a war story on that one, too. I wasn't paying any attention. And you remember when you departed toward that mountain? And you had a, mm-hmm. it was, it was, you had to make a turn at a certain intersection or DME mm-hmm. fix, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And I had my head down. The first officer was flying. And here comes the mountain. And the same, about the same time, the tower operator says, hey, Eastern, you are going to make a turn, aren't you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I looked you had up to go here up there. Here's this big yeah. mountain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, an Air Force 707, I, I don't know exactly what it was, a KC-137 or something. They they had it down, and they flew right into the mountains, just south. Yeah. And sort of took off to the east, and they turned a little bit to the right at night and flew right into the mountains. I remember that because uh, yeah. we made a hard-ass uh, left turn, remember, and went up yeah. there over you know, that town up there on the north side of the mountains and then hauled yeah. up Atlanta. <laughs> Yeah, but um, one of the uh, fun airports that I, and I think everybody had fun at this airport, and that's Washington National. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Taking off off and landing. Taking off and landing. That was It was interesting, always. Yeah. Yeah, following that river, the river approach. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and I can still making that, still feel and see, visualize making that right turn at the 14th Street Bridge and lining up with the right. runway. Yeah, that was exciting. Three or 400 feet off the ground. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I always, on, on that approach, I always hug the Watergate side to give me more room to turn in. Okay. Yeah. All right. Did I ever tell you all about, uh, I think I did, about this young guy that came over and, and uh, well, it's too long a story. I'll have to tell something else. I can't oh, leave no, out no. anything on that. Story. No, 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 no. We don't want dead air time. All right. Well, <laughs> it's it's uh it's uh you remember I was the chairman in Atlanta and we went to summer uniforms and did a lot of other stuff and and that we and Lou Transu was a VP of Vice Operations and he's a good Mississippi guy and so we worked out a deal where the jump seat belonged to the captain. And lo and behold, it, you know, they were going to make us start paying to ride the jump seat. And we went the other way, and the captain was, was his jump seat. You, you can ride I mean, within the reason of laws. And well, of course. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, we put out a big, long page about the airlines that could now ride the eastern jump seats if the captain said okay. And uh, you had to be an Alpha-represented airline. And uh, and then, and then you know it had to be a 
Part 121 carrier. And it went around the world in about 24 hours. Eastern jump seat, if you wanted to go someplace, it was okay if the captain said you could do it. And this is a fact. And uh, I'm sitting there getting ready to go, and this thing, this letter went out to everybody, you know. And uh, matter of fact, I had signed it for Lou Transu. He didn't want to put his name on it, so I signed it as a captain <laughs> rep from Atlanta. You know, Lou, Lou and I went to the same high school about 30 years apart, but we were real good friends. We didn't know each other back then, of course. But anyhow, uh, I'm sitting there getting ready to go to Washington National on a beautiful, clear day. I mean, it was just wonderful. And this young guy came in the cockpit, and he, he was young. You could tell he was young. And he was a taxi pilot over in Birmingham, air taxi pilot. And he said that uh, that he had heard that the pilots could ride the jump seat. And I said, well, you know, and he had that he had that document. How he had it, I don't know. And uh, he was a, you know, general um, one dip, one notch beyond general aviation, I guess. And anyhow, I said, well, yeah, you know, uh, come on and go. I'm glad to have you. And so we talked off, and we were climbing out, and uh, he said that uh, he had heard that somebody had done that and everything, and and I that that, that right there, and, and he had that letter uh, that I'm saying, and he was looking at it with the second officer. And uh, I told him, I said, well, you know, I, I know that asshole. I mean, I shouldn't say that. I know that guy that signed it down there, which was me, which was me. And, and I could hear the second officer and him talking about it. And I turned around and I said, you know, that guy right there, I know him, and he is, I don't even like him. I don't even like him. And, of course, the cockpit got real quiet, and we are climbing out, and I heard the second officer talking to him. He said, that's the guy that signed it right there in the little sequel. <laughs> of course, everybody had a big laugh about that. And everything. Well, that story has a sequel. Many years later, I'm flying for American Transair, and I'm sitting in Chicago late one night coming in from Cancun, and I was wanting to get down to Atlanta big time because I'd been gone a long time. And I'm sitting there with a, with a reading the book in my in the ATA uniform and got my flight bag and I had a University of Southern Mississippi tag on the side, you know, a sticker. And this guy comes over and he walks up, uh, Captain, did you go to Mississippi Southern? And I said, yeah, I was class of 60, if I remember correctly. And he said, well, I went to Mississippi Southern too. And then he looked at the name, you know, my name, Captain Easton jumped uh, flight bag. And he said, uh, I think I flew with you one time. I said, what? How'd you do that? And uh, he said, well, I came out there, and I was flying air taxi out of Birmingham, and you let me ride the jump seat up to Washington, and we did a visual visual approach. And he was a co-pilot, a first officer on American Airlines. And I said, well, golly, I remember that. You know, we had a great time talking to each other. And uh, yeah. and, and I, he said, well, you're trying to ride it. He was trying to ride the airplane to Atlanta also. He was a commuter from Atlanta to uh, Chicago flying for America. And he said, I guarantee you, I'm going to get you on this airplane. <laughs> and he was <laughs> first off to jump seat, right? <laughs> but he got uh, me on the airplane, and we both sat in first class and laughed all the way to Atlanta. <laughs> uh, you know, throw that wall, throw that, uh, what is it, on the, throw the, throw the seeds what on the water around. or something. I, what goes yeah, around comes around, yep. And, right, uh, yeah, it does, boy. Yeah, but what are, what are the odds of that happening? What are the odds? You ever had any jump seat problems, uh, Jim Harris, on your flights? No, I don't think so. Uh, we had an interesting person on the jump seat one time. D.B. Wheeler was the captain. And, I remember uh, Wheel, yeah. 
Oh mm-hmm. yeah, DB Wheeler. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, yep. and we had uh, on the jump see he they went they knew each other. We had Billy Bob. Uh, um, Billy Bob. <laughs> Carter Carter's sister brother, Jimmy Carter's oh. brother Billy. Yeah, Billy. Yeah. You know Billy Beer. Remember Billy, Billy Beer? Yeah. 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 Well, we had him. We had him on the jump seat, all the way from Atlanta to L.A. So, yep, I heard some had some interesting stories on all of that. I, I don't remember what they were, but I didn't know he was a pilot. What was he doing in he the wasn't. jump seat? <laughs> okay. Well, when DB Wheeler, good time. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah, they knew each other, so duh, you know, you can. He just sort well, of used the captain's the, jump seat, like Jim Holder said. He, he, he used, that's he right. Used, that's right. He used the executive privilege there and had him on the jump seat. <laughs> did, he, did he give you a beer? <laughs> no, no. At the time, I don't think that he was doing the beer thing. But yeah, they, they you know, later they came up with the Billy beer. Yeah. Um, oh, he uh, he he said what he said. Well, he said said he liked to ride around his pickup truck and drink beer. <laughs> yeah, good old boy for sure. Yeah, good old boy. Oh yeah, he'd have fit right in there at the Eastern Hunt Club. <laughs> oh I think yeah, he would. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Billy beer. Oh, uh, such stories. Now here's another one. I had I had some great crew schedulers in Atlanta. And Harry, oh, didn't we? if you're listening to this, Harry Lindquist, uh, uh, you were you were there too. I vaguely remembered mm-hmm. you, but you you were anybody in Atlanta cruise scheduling. Most of them, not I- anyone, cruise scheduled because there were a couple of them that thought they were ranking captains, also, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but uh, most of them were really great schedulers. That uh, right? Oh, yes, right. Yeah, remember if, if, Bob Culp, Bobby Bobby Sutton, oh, yep. Bobby uh, Sutton, Crumley, Crump, Woody, I think yeah, Woody he's still uh, around. Crumley, yeah, I think he is too. Yep, Cap, Cap, still yeah. around. Yeah, Lloyd Burrow, yep. Bowen, remember him? Yeah, uh, yeah Tom, Tom Milburn, Tom Melburn. He, he always said, "You can't say my name right." I said, "Yes, Tom Melburn." It wasn't it's Tom Murin or something like that. And I always called Tom, Tom Melburn. It was it was Muburn, Tom Muburn. That's Crazy right, name. Tom I could That's never right. I yeah. could never yeah. pronounce it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Muburn's all it was. And yeah, the two gals, you remember the two gals that were there? One of them was named I, I think do. Laura. Uh, and the other Laura, one was a real Laura pretty was one blonde of them. girl. Yeah. Who? Yeah, Laura married uh married uh, Ken uh Yeah, Ken, Ken. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, I remember he, that. Yeah, they married. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. She took Who a was that guy from Philadelphia that had that real gruff voice? Uh, also, he had been a worked a uh, had a uh, trailer or something in Philadelphia, and that's where you went and got your paperwork and everything. And that's before he came to Atlanta. And then he came to Atlanta, but he had that big Philadelphia accent. I can't remember uh, him. I can remember he sort of a you know on a little bit on the <laughs> short side. And uh, real gruff like that. He'd he scare a new hired yeah. pilot to death. You know. Yeah. <laughs> well, they were a bunch of good guys. Bob, Bob something. No, they went with Bob Cook. No. I can't keep up with it. I don't know. <laughs> Sage. It only Sage. goes back. A, it only goes back fifty years. Yeah. There you yeah. go. Yeah. No, okay. You know. now, now here's another one. Did you ever have any maintenance delays that? Uh, 
perhaps you turned down an airplane and you caused the delay because of uh, the status it wasn't uh, you felt like it wasn't air airworthy or either you took an airplane that maintenance wanted to turn down you ever have any problems with maintenance delays on your flights no i don't i don't i can't come come up with a single one of either one of those no no me either yeah. well one Not of the funny coach. things one of the funny things was this guy and i can't think of his name right now but you guys will probably remember the guy that came in and um and parked the airplane, left the engines running, and and went oh, out. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Who, who was that? Who was that? Ken. Ken Dean. Ken Dean. Ken Dean. Right. Ken Dean. Yeah. The he first officer went back and shut the engines off, and he got mad yeah. as hell at the co-pilot, and they fired him the next morning. Well, Not I got one of his 757. <laughs> he had written up who, a 757. Who, who did they fire the next morning? The captain, Ken Dean. Ken Dean. Yeah, well, that's what I would have thought. Okay, I know well, all about anyhow, that. I was the I was the council chairman. Well, my here's here's my story. I took an airplane that was handed off by Ken Dean, and maintenance got a hold of the logbook, and Ken Dean had written it up that uh, there was uh, the the magnetic compass needs needed to be swung. Mm-hmm. You know how you swing a compass on the compass road yeah. out at the airport? I sure mm-hmm. do. Yeah. And yep. you find a deviation or, the, uh, you know. And uh, the reason he put down there was that he lined the airplane up over the farmer's fields, east and west, coming back on a trip. <laughs> and the compass did not meet the, the rows of trees that were running due east and due west. Can you believe that? I listen. I I I flew with that guy as a co-pilot, and I represented him as a captain rep. And I'll tell you, I believe that story. It's got to be true because that sounds just like it. I, I could not believe it. Maine is scratching their heads. <laughs> you know what? And I said, "Well, let's forget that. I'm going to take the airplane anyhow." And uh, <laughs> but that I, I can get about that. I can get about that. That compass anyway. Yeah, <laughs> but it oh, wasn't man. airworthy. It's an airworthy uh, item. You know, you got to go. You can't go without a compass. And uh, yeah, but uh, right. he had lined it up, and he said it was not within the tolerance ranges of the printed card below the little thing about if you're flying a heading west, you deviate your correction, your compass magnetic correction is so and so. And but I can't. I could. Uh, that was amazing. Now. Well, okay, funniest conversation you ever had with air traffic control? No, let's see. Mm-hmm. You ever have any uh, any uh, choice words for air traffic control, or are they they I with you funny remarks like with that. air traffic control? I, I, I never. Jim Harris that. never did. I, I never did. Well, did either. Well, I was flying with this guy from Atlanta to Washington D.C., and he was sitting in the jump seat. And he was uh, the Washington Center controller, air traffic mm-hmm. control in Washington Center. And we were sitting up there, and he was telling all sorts of stories about the uh, air traffic control center. And uh, we were being transferred. I forgot what center you you went through, through after you, uh, maybe Atlanta Center took you to Washington Center. I forgot. But uh, at any rate, I think so. mm-hmm. uh, anyway, rate, they turned us over to to Washington Center. And he he said, do you mind if I check in instead of you guys checking in? I gave him the microphone, 
And he says, yeah, who's this on duty? And the guy says, so-and-so. He handed the phone back to me, and he says, you got the weak side of the room. (laughs) 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 You got the weak side of the room. (laughs) I never heard of that expression. Uh, Yeah, yeah. But uh, at any rate, uh, those were great guys. I'm sure you guys took controllers in your jump seat as well. Well, I take them, sure. Yeah. Let me ask you a question, you guys. Yeah. Did you ever deny anybody the jump seat? I never did. I can't think of a time, no. Well, I did. Uh, And I was sitting in Tampa coming to Atlanta, and it was at night. And this guy came in the cockpit, and I smelled him as soon as he came through the door. And he was drunk. And he identified himself as a as an airline pilot, and I'm not going to mention the name of the airline. And that he could ride the jump seat. He was he was a pilot, and he had a friend that they had been hadn't seen in a long time in the bar, and they came and, they, and his friend is going to ride a pass, and he wanted to ride the jump seat up. And I swear, as soon as he came in the cockpit, I smelled it. So I turned around and I said, well, I'll tell you what you two guys are going to do. You're both going to get off this airplane right now. You're not going with us anywhere. And he said, okay. They got off and I said, we're going back to the bar. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was decision. not mention that airline. That, 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 yeah. He said, I'm a pilot with such and such, and my friend here is a pilot too. I think he said yeah. he was a pilot, but he's riding a fast. So well, I don't think that we're riding an Eastern pass. I don't know. But anyway, that's the only time I threw anybody off jump seat. Well, I flew. I threw. I threw. I didn't throw. I couldn't pick him up. But I kicked off a vice president of Eastern on one of my flights, and I was going mm. to uh, Salt Lake City, and we we went to Denver, and then from Denver to Salt Lake, and the guy was uh, from uh, Atlanta to Denver was raising hell in the back and drinking too much. He had too much to drink at the bar before mm-hmm. getting on the airplane, and he was drinking when the flight attendants, and he would tell them that he was a you vice president. He was an eastern vice president? Or he was an eastern vice president of one of the one of the departments, marketing or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And anyhow, the flight attendant came up when we landed at Denver, and she says, uh, we've got a guy back here that uh, – is getting up, getting in our way, interfering with uh, this, that, and the other, talking loud, uh, bragging about uh, being uh, an executive for Eastern and blah, blah, blah. So I met the guy there at the cockpit. He came up to me, and I said, uh, I'm going to ask you to get off the airplane. And he says, uh, in well, you, you, yeah, in Denver. I said, you can't do that. He said, you can't do that. I'm going on an executive trip to Salt Lake City. I'm a vice president in charge of so-and-so. I said, no, no, I don't care who you are. You're not flying to Salt Lake. Catch the next flight or go with another airline. You're not going with us. And sure enough, he got off, and I didn't let him back on. And he I don't know how he ever got to Salt Lake City. But he was inebriated. I mean, his, his, from never it? did hear a word from him. Hmm. Never did hear anything. So anyhow, okay, next subject. Near misses. You ever have any? Didn't I did not a have what? any that I know of. Near misses. A what? 
a near You're miss. Oh. oh, yes, I had two. No, Jim, Jim Harris never. Now, I never had any near misses that I knew of. That you well, knew I knew of. about these. <laughs> <laughs> what which, what yes. were they? Well, one of them, we were going on a beautiful Sunday morning going from Houston to Atlanta. And uh, and uh, Ken, who was the captain? I forgot who the captain was. Oh, oh, I don't remember, but I can't think of his name. I was the first officer. And all of a sudden, a sister came on and said, Eastern such and such turn right 30 degrees now. And so I, I, the captain heard it too, and he rolled it into a big bank. And I looked out front, something, there was this Delta DC-8 right at high altitude. And I could see the contrails above and below the wing. And, and this was pretty much right <laughs> over Macomb B.O.R. <laughs> and we made that screaming-ass turn. And he went by, and I could see the captain white shirt looking over at us when he went by. It was a Delta DC-8. <laughs> and we could see the contrail above and below the wing. So that's yeah. how close that was. And the other one was an, also right over Richmond and the 727 was coming northbound. It was national, I think. And the center said, Eastern, descend to 500 feet now. So the captain pushed it over, and I saw with that <laughs> little window up above us, you know, yeah. in the 727. Yeah, and I got yeah. a glimpse. Something, I saw saw a glimpse. Something went by. It was at night. Well, yeah. it wasn't at night. It was uh, late afternoon, and we were in clouds, but they were real thin clouds. But uh, they said, decent, decent immediately, 300, 500 feet or something like that. Well, we poked it over. So uh, that's mine, true. Mine was from Costa Rica to Miami. And uh, we almost collided with Air Canada. And we could mm-hmm. see the maple leaf on the tail of that airplane. And I'll never forget that as long as I live. Yeah. And uh, we had smoke from the Everglades, and it uh, was hardly any visibility at all unless you were right on top of it. And uh, we had a we had a problem with the radio. Uh, it was written up before, and they were trying to contact us. And I told the first officer to get back on since we weren't talking to anybody. Get back on the last frequency, see if we made a mistake in getting the frequency assignment. Mm-hmm. And by the time that he got back on, it was Eastern making an immediate left turn, Air Canada making mm-hmm. an immediate left mm-hmm. turn, both of us. And I, all I could see was yeah. – and that was over downtown Miami. And had the, oh, our airplane hit the airplane, it would probably have been the biggest air disaster in history. Yeah. They had a full flash. load on the 757, and they probably had a full load on their airplane, the 727. So, yeah. Well, here's the yeah. good news. It didn't happen. Yeah, That's it didn't right. happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you what, when I hit the brakes on landing in Atlanta, I mean in Miami, Miami, of course, called us. Uh, Miami Tire said, uh, check in with us when you get in operation. We want to talk to you. So mm-hmm. I did. But at any rate, uh, we found in the logbooks that uh, the radio had uh, been written up. And uh, so n- nothing was said. There was no write-ups about the near miss. But when I landed and put the brakes on that seven five, my my legs were rubber. I mean, they were shaking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's how close it was. Well, that that DC eight thing when it happened, uh, a different voice came on after we had turned. Yeah. We, yeah. we had turned, and it's, a yeah. different voice came on and said, uh, 
Does anyone make want to make a write up a write up of this? This was a long yeah. time ago. Yeah. A write up of this, and uh, the Delta captain, I, I guess, I guess it was him, that said, uh, "No, don't think so." And the captain was me. Said, "No, but we're not going to do it either." <laughs> so it yeah. never happened. Well, we almost had that near miss with Gib Garin on a 1011, and uh, we were climbing, and uh, Delta was descending, and they almost descended and climbed us right together. Mm-hmm nose to nose and of course they asked us if we wanted to write it up and and what mm-hmm. had happened is they had a brand new controller Gibb did call when we got to Jacksonville we were headed for Jacksonville and he did call and um, and uh, they said that uh, they had a new uh, controller and they took him off of course we heard that different voice too Jim mm-hmm. uh, you know after it happened but uh, that was really close mm-hmm. to and that was a close call but, yeah, if you fly long enough, you're going to have a near miss unless you're Jim Harris. That's right. <laughs> unless you're Jim Harris. Lucky, lucky Pierre. Yeah, yeah lucky Pierre. Yeah. Uh, okay, um, the last thing we're going to talk about before we go off the air is this, and I think I know what yours would be, Jim Holder, This, if you want to tell it again, but the strangest trip you ever flew. Strangest trip. Ooh, give me a hint. <laughs> well, I think uh, you talked about that strange trip that you took up there to, uh, or was it you or someone else that you took in well, I don't uh, know. Buffalo <laughs> and uh, going to Buffalo, Toronto. Uh, you were going to go into Toronto, and and uh, I think you called oh, it you're a talking trip about the trip, uh, the trip from hell. Oh yes, <laughs> the trip from hell. Oh yes, I remember that. Uh, I've told that story, and uh, I think I even wrote about it in the brief. Oh, we magazine. had it on. We had it on the Memory Show. Yeah, we uh, Jim yeah. Harris, I think, uh-huh. read it on the Memory Show. But that was yeah, a, the trip from hell. Trip from hell. But I, it, I, it, it's too late. I can't tell you. No, it takes ten, fifteen minutes to tell that story. We're running out of time. Well, Jim Harris, do you have a trip, a trip from hell, or a strange trip, a pleasure trip, or no, whatever? No, I don't. I don't think so. The captain put the nose gear off of the the uh, taxiway in Buffalo once. Was interesting. Okay, uh, how'd you get it back? Yeah, we. I don't know. <laughs> we just we we just ate up ate up all the food in there and drank up all the booze for a couple of three days while the uh, while there's a blizzard going on. Yeah. Oh boy. Well. That reminds me of my strange trip, one of them. I have many of them. But I was a brand-new captain on the 727, and I got a charter flight to go to Des Moines, Iowa, pick up a group of people and take them to Bermuda. Mm-hmm. From um, from severe cold to severe heat, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I, here I am, a brand-new captain, just got the uh, mother-in-law uh, out of the right seat. And me and I forgot who it was. You would know him. A uh, funny guy, really funny guy. And uh, we landed at Des Moines, and, and the runway hadn't been plowed. It had snowed all night the last seven nights, you know. And, I mean, it, they had plowed half of the runway, half of it. The, and then in the middle? Or there each it, all and the, at the approach end that they were using, and they were continuing. But they said that we could land because we had enough runway. And uh, they had cleared one taxiway all the way from the turnoff off the runway to the hangar, I mean, to the uh, terminal. So mm-hmm. here's a, a plowed runway. I mean, it was snow. It was almost like landing in a whiteout. 
and uh, landed the airplane, and they didn't say anything about the slippery runway that we landed on because I tried to turn off. Well, I missed the taxiway, and I had to turn back to get back on that one clear taxiway. Uh-huh. And as I was coming around, the airplane wouldn't turn. It was going over toward the side of the runway. It was sliding. Sliding. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, and, and God, what was his name? The first officer looked out the window, and he opened the window, and he looked out, and he says, I think I see a blue light sticking up out of the snow. In other words, <laughs> we were just about ready to go off the edge of the runway. Uh, so I wonderful. stopped immediately. I stopped immediately, straightened out the nose wheel steering, and then I put it in reverse. Nobody had ever, I, I mean, it was a, illegal to reverse the airplane at that time. We we didn't get approval mm-hmm. for reversing the airplane to go backwards. But that's the only it's way I could illegal. get out. So here it's I am, a brand new run first off the officer. Taxiway too. <laughs> yeah, first officer. I mean, a captain, brand new captain. I reversed it, and it looked like a snowstorm. So after I came out, but it worked. I came back. You, you said it was a 757? 727. No, it's when I first checked out as captain on that airplane, mm-hmm. period. Mm-hmm. And it worked. It got me enough room where I could straighten the wheel out and then make that turn back in, catch that uh, taxiway back into the terminal. But it was a snowstorm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, mm-hmm. the tower couldn't see us at all because it was not, just just nothing but blowing snow with that reverser going and clearing the runway. <laughs> it was that was uh, that was interesting, but that was I think I was one of the first ones that reversed a 727 on that particular trip. But uh, mm-hmm. we picked up the, we got the runway cleared and uh, later on and then flew the passengers over to Bermuda. So that was a good trip there. Mm-hmm. That that blowing that blowing back the gate was fun. Oh, it was yeah yeah we were the first airlines approved with that too you know. Mm-hmm. Eastern That's was right. yeah the FAA yeah good stories guys good. Delta wouldn't Delta wouldn't do it for a long time because they had to pay us yeah for, to, That's, you know That's, right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's yeah. yeah well something about you know we we worked out all the details Virgil Tedder was real big in doing that and on the seven five seven too yeah were yeah power back. We, they they had to get our uh, approval manual on how to do it and all that stuff and and uh, we charged <laughs> Charge for it I guess yeah oh good good okay guys I'm gonna turn it over to Hop Harrigan to get us out of here and uh, see you again all next right. week with some more great stories right. of uh, the, the right. way it was flying for a great airline. Right. Hey, it, it's mm-hmm. a quick it's a quick hour and there we do this I know yeah, it. it is it's fun mm-hmm. it's fun okay Hop. It's all yours. Feeling well understand. All clear. Okay, this is Hop Harrigan. Coming in.
coming in on a wing and a prayer. What a show, what a fight. Yes, we really hit our target for tonight. How we sing as we limp through the air. Look below, there's our field over there. With our full crew aboard and our trust in the Lord, we're coming in on a wing and a prayer. How we sing as we limp through the air. Look below, there's our field over there. With our full crew aboard and our trust in the Lord, we're coming in on a wing and a prayer. Jim, see you next week. Hey, all right. Hey, thanks, uh, thanks, uh, Gid, for a great, another great show. It was great. You guys made it that way. See ya. It, it takes, it takes all of us. Yep. Take care. It is somewhere in flight. They're taking you away and leaving me lonely. Silver. Fading out of sight Don't leave me I cry Don't take that airplane ride But you locked me out of your mind And left me standing here behind Silver Somewhere in flight They're taking you away Leaving me lonely Silver wing Slowly fading out of sight Taking you away and leaving me lonely. Silver wings slowly fading out of sight. Slowly fading.